Matthew Ramson is one of Australia's best middle distance runners. He has PBs of 334 for 1500 metres, 351 for the mile, 735 over 3000 metres, and 1316 for the 5000 metres. Fresh off a silver medal over 1500 metres and a gold in the 5000 metres at the recent Australian Champs, he caught up with Rambo as he chilled in Perth, preparing for what may well be one of the biggest European campaigns of his career to date. Hey everyone, before we get into this chat with Matthew Ramson, a word from this week's sponsor. During COVID lockdown in 2020, I turned to an online physio to help me through some issues. So this is a company that I know are great at what they do. If you're struggling with a bone, tendon, or joint-based running-related injury, Pogo Physio's 45-minute telehealth consultations can help get you back to your running best. Led by APA-titled sports and exercise physio, Brad Beer, the Pogo Physio team are ready to help you. Jump over to pogophysio.com.au and book your consult now. We will also have the link to Pogo in the show notes. This episode is also brought to you by Tarkon. Tarkon is the first ever Australian-owned running shoe company. They also make the highest quality running apparel. Check them out at tarkon.com and use code RTPODCAST at checkout for 10% off your first order. Rambo, good to have you back on Runners Drive. It's been years since we've had you, we've chatted to you. Um, well done at Nationals, second in the 15, uh, first in the 5,000 with a huge kick down, which I'll get into a bit later. How do you view the, view the weekend? Knowing you, are you upset, you know, that you finished second in the 15 or is it all just a positive uh, weekend for you? Um, yeah, you, you never like losing, but um, yeah, second place, it's okay. A lot better than how I went last year. I think I came like fifth last year, which is terrible, but yeah, just glad that I could finish on a good note and uh, get a win there. Because if, if I, my plan was if I won the 15, I'd not do the five. Um, and cause I knew I'd be pretty banged up and like late night and stuff. Um, but yeah, when I lost the 15, I was like, no, nah, I got to do the five. I'm not getting on the plane, being a bit upset about the race. So yeah, no, it was all right in the end. The finish of that 15, I mean, how, how much extra did that motivate you to just kick hard and, and, um, out kick, uh, Sam in that last hundred meters? Um, yeah, like that was my plan all along. I didn't really want the race to be quick. Um, I just wanted to pretty much go kind of hard with 600 go. And um, there was actually like a, there was a bit of a stack um, maybe at the 4K mark, which pushed Isaac Hayne up to the front and he started pushing it. And I think we went like, um, I think he ran like a 62 and then a 61. And then that's when um, I kind of hit the front after that and then, went real hard. I think my last lap was like just under 54, it was like 53 high. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually know how close Smack was until I could see his shadow on the home straight. So I couldn't really hear him. I thought I had a bit of a gap. And then down the home straight, I, I saw like another big shadow behind me. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is Smack, not sure. But yeah, so I knew I had to pick up another change gears again and p- get going. Uh, you, I know you and Ollie Hall kind of grew up a little bit racing um, around each other. And how are you, there's a healthy rivalry there, I think. And are you, are you guys in touch a lot? Are you mates or is it more, do you just see each other on race day? Um, 
we don't talk at all really we um we just when we have to race each other and we'll chat at meets like a bit but um yeah because growing up he was on he was in sydney i was in perth um with the time difference and also just when you're young you don't really use social media as much so we've never really been super close but it's definitely a healthy relationship because there was a period where i was a lot better than him then he came past me and he was a lot better than me then i came back past him and now he's gone a bit ahead of me again so this season i got to come back ahead of him and then we'll just keep going like that probably until the end of our careers so yeah it's a healthy relationship in that sense Rambo, let's just rewind 12 months. Uh, this time 12 months ago, Jai, Jai Edwards was hot. Uh, Stewie was at, the, at his best. Ollie was was running damn well. And you're number four in line. Now Jai's injured at the moment. Stu's had a few little issues, but I know he's coming back. Um, Ollie's still there. And so you've kind of moved from number four to number two. And these are the sort of doors that fly open in elite sport. And do you feel as though this is kind of the opening you need, your kind of chance to get to the Wells and to Commonwealth Games and have that year that a lot of us have been kind of calling and um, that's going to happen, you know, for, for many years now. But do you feel like it's now your time to get out there and, and drop some bombs? Um, I feel like all you can do is, like, with this sport, as you know, like what you've just said, it just, um, like, athletes come and go. Um, not saying those two guys aren't gone, but, like, opportunity, like, doors open, doors close and, you just got to, through all of it, you just got to worry about yourself because if you have yourself ready, like, as, as often as you can, can be ready, um, you, you'll be ready to take those opportunities. So it's not a matter of, like, oh, the door's open, I've got to go harder now. It's just a matter of uh, the door's open, I'm ready to go kind of thing. It's, yeah. Um, so I think the best way to answer that question is you just got to always worry about yourself um, and just try and improve yourself. That's how you're going to go to the next level. Uh, where to from here? Uh, obviously, you're going to head overseas. When will that be? What races has Nick got you penciled down for? Obviously, obviously, we know the goal is Worlds and, you know, in mid-July, I think, and then Com Games end, end of July. But what, what's going to happen between now and that and those goals? Um, well, Nick, Nick keeps the plan pretty close to his chest. He doesn't really let, um, let the athletes know until a couple of weeks before. But... Um, I know I'm definitely doing pre-classic, which is later later on in May or might be early June. Um, I'm doing the two-mile there and I, I'm doing the 1500 at Birmingham Diamond League. Um, I'm not too sure about Doha yet. That's that's a maybe. Um, I'll just see how training's going and that. And then, yeah, after that, I honestly don't know because kind of depends how your first few races go, what what you want to look at doing after that. And also for me, a big thing is if I'm going to get selected in the 1500, because if I get a sense that the selectors aren't going to take me, I've got to start run more 5Ks and 3Ks again. Um, so I'm taking from this that uh, Leonora is off the cards this year. Yeah, unfortunately, it's one of my favourite races. Um, it's like one of those rare Perth races that is like a big one and everyone marks on their calendar. So yeah, unfortunately, I can't go, but I've got a few guys I coach that hopefully will go. So, yeah, I'll be watching anyway. Maybe we need to see if some of these mining companies can just get you a private jet, you know, straight straight to Leonora and then back to Europe. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to waste their money on that. <laughs> uh, mate, I remember um, Runners Tribe interviewed you years ago, right after you decided to uh, turn your back on college, 
and stay put in Australia. Like looking back and assessing, say, on one hand, what guys like Ollie have done, on the other hand, what guys like Stu have done, are you at peace with that decision? Uh, do you feel like it was the right one? Um, all in all, I think it's the right decision for me, yeah, because um, it it's an individual decision really. Um, like I, I struggle giving advice to other athletes because I don't know what they're like unless I know them pretty well and I know the school they're going to, I can't really say it's just like where, where you're going to be happy for four to five years of your life because what really matters is if you're happy in a good environment because I've, I've seen guys that have gone over and taken the opportunity but um, they just haven't been happy there. Um, the school's been great but they just the, something hasn't clicked right and they've just gone backwards with running like they were running just as shit as they were when they were 16. So, um, and then there's other guys like Ollie and Morgan, obviously, who, um, like, they thrived over there in that environment. So it kind of just depends on the individual. Um, and also a lot on, like, how you're training and what you're used to doing in training. You're a guy that loves being around home. How do you find the travel and spending months on end in Europe? Does it, does it get to you or is it, do you just, do you love it? Um, it's... Last year, 2020 and last year was really good because um, I was with Stewie most of the time and it was a small, small group. It was like me, Stewie, Ben Buckingham, Dave McNeil and Grego. Um, so I like it when it's like a small group. Sometimes when I'm with like a lot of people, um, it gets a bit annoying at times. But no, nah, um, yeah, honestly, you just get used to it. I've been doing it since I was 18 now. So the first few years was tough. Like I'd get to halfway through the, the trip and I'd, be pretty much mentally fried but now I feel like I'm getting all the way through and I feel pretty pretty good so um yeah I think it's like getting getting a lot easier as I get older and you learn little tricks to um keep your mind like focus on what you got to do as well uh correct uh, correct me if I get some of these dates wrong in in late kind of 2020 you were dropping some super fast time trials in Perth pretty much all by yourself you had some of the local boys here pace you and all that um and then, you know, uh, I might be a bit wrong here, but I, we felt that, you know, felt that maybe the 2021 season, you seemed just a little bit flat early on and then you started coming good at the very end. Is that accurate, all that sort of stuff? Do you feel like you cooked yourself a bit early? Um, what, how, do you, how do you view all that? Yeah, I know you're, not, you're trying to not hurt my feelings, but I know it's <laughs> shit 2021. Like, um, honestly, like... Uh, so I, I went and saw a doctor after the season. I got diagnosed with chronic fatigue. Um, and I think it was, I tried real hard to get the qualifier early um, in Perth in 2021. And I got it um, and I was in good shape. And then I got a few sicknesses and trained through, which I shouldn't have. And then ran bad, ran poorly at um, nationals, kept trying to push through, push through. Um, and then I was trying to run like 5Ks, which... When you're when you're a little tired and you're trying to like push through five k training, trying to do five k's, it's um, just a little bit more wear and tear on the body. And um, I think I just dug myself into a hole. Then somehow I still don't know to this day how I got out of that hole. I went to St Moritz and just it, I was training with Stewie, like I was pretty much Stewie's like pacing bitch. Um, <laughs> I was like doing like just everything he did. Everyone else in the group was on two sessions a week. I was just like uh, stuff at all. I'm not making the team. I'll um, try getting decent enough shape and train with Stewie um, and just um, help him get ready for the Olympics. So, yeah, I was doing 
two long runs a week and three sessions. Um, and somehow, like, I came out the other end and ran 3.34 low in Houston, almost beat um, Abel Kipsang, who came fourth at the Olympics. And um, I also ran seven. 7.35 and Gateshead. Um, so I was like, sure, I must be out the hole. Um, I had a couple other okay performances. Like I ran a 3.55 mile like on my own in a meet in London when um, the Olympics was on. And I ran um, okay in pre-classic, like pretty bad. Um, I, came, I came last in that race, but the time and everything considered, it probably wasn't terrible compared to the other results I had in the season but then I think after that my body just kind of like shut down it was like I couldn't keep fighting on um I kept trying and I kept going for another like six weeks but none of the results were any good and I ended up getting sick again um in Italy when I had a few races and yeah so that was pretty much the end of my um 2021 like only had the whole year probably only had about four four good performances so um yeah just shows like how wrong you can get it some years trying trying too hard there's there's so many armchair critics out there hey that like um just say oh he cooked himself he did this he did that but it's good to chat to you and just actually figure out you know there's so much going on behind the scenes and no one really hears about other than you and nick and and your and your parents and yeah stuff. So, yeah um my next yeah. question was about that 334 in houston um but i think you've already answered it but how many how when you went back to that base work um, with Stu and you kind of pacing bitch for a while. How, how many weeks of that? How many weeks of that was it? So honestly, I think it was only like four weeks, maybe even three, maybe only three weeks. I just needed like a bit of time to regulate my body. Um, so yeah, like I don't know, I don't know if you've ever had chronic fatigue, but um, it pretty much feels like you can't get your heart rate high, like high enough before your body starts fatiguing. So you can't, um, it's like your, your body's like um, trying to protect your heart from your heart rate going too high kind of thing. So I was just jogging real slow, doing real basic stuff, trying to get like strong in the gym, just trying to get my body like back used to running fast um, and allowing it to run fast. So I just did that like pretty basic training, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, um, slept a lot like. Gotcha. So the, the two sessions you were doing a week, despite, you know, the chronic fatigue type, uh, signs, were you banging those or were you just kind of running 70, 80%? No, I couldn't. Like, I was thresholding at like, it was at altitude, I was thresholding at like 320 kilometre pace. Um, but I think the thing that saved me was um, just being able to be in one spot for a period of time where I could sleep a lot, get like really good, wholesome food um, and just yeah training like in a routine um you know when you got a lot of races on you're training but it's sometimes interrupted training and you might be a little sore here and there um and then the sleep isn't great sometimes you got to eat air like airport food and stuff like that so just having three to four weeks um i think that's what saved me for a little while um and yeah like when so pretty much the 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 day before I ran that 1500, that was when Andrew Fakeney from AA called me and said, um, yeah, sorry, mate, you're not getting named on the team. We just, we'll put you down as a reserve in the 1500. Um, but yeah, but he didn't put me as a reserve in the 5k. And after what happened with Pat, I actually could have gone and raced the 5k there, <laughs> but 
Yeah, yeah what, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Was, that, was missing the Olympics like, I mean, you've been through a lot, but was that, would you say that's kind of the low point of your career so far? Um, I was definitely, it was definitely like a tough time, but um, at the end of the day, like you're, you're still just a human being. Like, yeah, it means a lot, but there's, there's more to life than running one meet. Um, and like, it's, it's cliche saying, oh, you've, I've worked for this my whole life. Um, but really like you, you work your whole life to become like the best athlete you can be. So, um, like, I don't know if you listened to for the kudos, but, um, when they had Charlotte Perdue on there and after she spoke about how she missed out on the Olympics, like to me, her situation was a lot worse than mine. Yeah. Um, but listening to that was really good, um, for me, cause the way she said it, she was like, they asked her at the end of the podcast, so are you still keen on going to the Olympics? And she said, honestly, like, after what all I've been through, like, trying to get there, I've realised it doesn't even matter. She's like, it just, it's caused me so much, like, heartache um, that, like, to her, she doesn't she doesn't give a shit anymore. Like, I, like I'm a bit different. I still want to go. Um, and obviously, she still wants to go, but I don't think I was, like, as torn up as um, she was. <laughs> For her, it was like really unfortunate. So, when you're in a training camp in Saint Maurice, which is due, uh, who does the cooking? <laughs> we we alternate. We go on like groups. So I think it was like me, Stu, and Ben Buckingham. Um, because Dave's vegan. Um, so we didn't eat a whole lot with Dave. We'd every now and then he'd offer, but um, yeah, we we like to get some good protein in. <laughs> is anyone just like an awful cook out of the three? Yeah, all three of us. <laughs> there's, no one, there's no one good at cooking. Uh, uh, you have a bit of a training group these days. Um, I'm not sure. Like, do you class yourself as a coach these days as well? Yeah, definitely. I got like a group of maybe 15, 16 um, athletes here in Perth that I coach. Um, I just needed like um, when I knew I was going to be in Perth a lot longer, I knew I needed a group that was going to be here um, for me when I'd come back. And so I've got um yeah probably probably about 12 12 boys three girls um and they're all all different different levels there's like three of them three or four of them that are good enough to like help me in sessions and then the rest they're kind of just um trying to improve themselves and they got other races i had a junior run at the nationals his name's kai hair he came um third in the under 17 1500 and second in the 3k so he's probably our best like up and up and comer and luke burrows as well he's going to um leonora he'll he'll do well there so yeah, those yeah. are the two like big names to look out for and so how does it work like um are you setting individual sessions and um you know uh programs for all of these athletes or is it more of a um a standardized kind of system um, no, it's individualized, like, um, in terms of their, their program leading forward to a race. Cause some, like some of them are trying to get ready for half marathon. Some are more focused on like 15s and eights kind of thing. So it's an inv- individualized program, but, um, it's, it's all of Nick Bidot's philosophy. So there's not that much discrepancy between like the sessions, um, we do. So like the track workouts we do, there'll be very small differences between between like what the 800 guys will do and what the um like 10k guys will do so um yeah the the only thing i really do differently is the the threshold for them and they don't train very hard on saturdays because 
they're not um they're not quite at the level that they can like whack themselves for three three days a week. Gotcha. What's um I'm going to get back to that in a sec. But what's going on behind the scenes with with you? I mean, you're pretty busy. You've got 15, 18 athletes, whatever that you're looking after. You've got your career, and you're studying too, right? Is it law that you study? Yeah, I'm studying law, but um, I only do like two two units a trimester. So, and sometimes if it's too hectic, like last year during the middle of the year, I was only doing one unit, and then I do I do summer school um when I'm back in Oz like during the Christmas period. So I'll do like two or three units then just to catch up. But I'm in my last I'm on my last like five units now, so should be done soon. And is it um so this is obviously you don't have to go to campus, right? You just it's all remotely? Nah. Yeah, it's all online at Deakin and they're Deacon, pretty good. Right. Like COVID saved me a bit because um you don't have to go in to do the exams, but when like pre-COVID, I'd have to get an exemption from the like athletics um director to let me go and um sit somewhere else and do the exam. Cool, cool, cool. Um, hey, let's just get back to the training. Like, for those trainings being documented that many times, I don't want to bore people and go over that. But um, I think it was really enjoyable watching your last eight hundred of the fifteen hundred because um, Ollie didn't beat you by much, right? Like, it was it was pretty close. And I think your last 800 was 149 low maybe, um, which is pretty damn good. Um, and then the last lap of the 5,000 was 53, right? Um, and so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to see uh, what sort of, I guess I put some feelers out there with some mates. I kind of want to know what sort of specific work do you do just like at the end of a 1K rep session or at the end of a whatever threshold, are you, are you whacking in some faster reps after those sessions or are you doing standalone sessions where you're, you're kind of focusing on your speed? Um, honestly, we, I don't think I ran that pace. Like I didn't run a 53. I didn't run quicker than like 56 at all through from October to, um, to whenever nationals was like um, we, I don't even know if Nick prescribed anything harder than a 58. I think I just ran a fifty six one day so in training because i was feeling good but yeah like to answer your question we we do a lot of change of pace work in on tuesdays so we'll do like for example a 3k rep and the 3k will go um like start off in 70s and we'll run a couple of like 68s and get quicker 64 62s that kind of thing um or we'll do 2ks with like the middle two laps a bit harder we might run like 62s and then the others are just 70s that kind of thing um but no we never really we never really spike up um and when when we do it's if we're getting ready for like a bigger race in europe or whatever so um yeah i know a lot of people are like uh, always ask how often i spike up um me and stewie never some people um spike up more than us like grego used to like to spike up and I know Geordie did a bit in training, but I haven't trained with Geordie in a while, so I don't know if Nick still does that with some of the um, shorter-distance guys. Is every session you do, like, it's all written by Nick, right? Like, like every day is just um, outlined by Nick? Is that, that's, that's, is that accurate? Uh, so, um, yeah, he tells me what to do on Tuesdays, um, Thursdays and Saturdays, and then pretty much the rest we fill in the gaps ourselves, but he... 
he'll like monitor it and tell us if we're doing a little too much or if we need to do a little more. And obviously it's a given you got to do two to three gym sessions a week, got to do like plyometrics and hurdles, that kind of thing. Um, but he gives us a bit of freedom to do that, fill in the gaps there. Gotcha. And so this gym work, like um, I think you just said three gym sessions a week. What do you have a specific gym coach that works on this or, it's just, or do you just have exercises that you think are, are the great, are the best and you just do those? Um, no, I've got a gym coach. I used to go to Waste and do gym there. Um, but now I've got a guy that I, um, a guy coach, he's got a gym like real close to my house and he's a personal trainer. So he, he gives me my program. And, um, the thing is like when you've had so many injuries like me, pretty much like a quarter of your session is always going to be prehab shit. So, um, it's really, I only try to be in there for no more than like an hour. Um, and 15 minutes of it is like doing Achilles work, calf work stuff. So yeah, it's not too much he has to fill in. So you, um, I remember a few years ago at nationals, you uh, tore your planter in a heat. Um, so is that, is that, just, is that one an example of one injury that you need to, yeah. 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 When, um, yeah, when I, yeah, I've torn my Achilles on my right leg once I've torn my planter on my left and I've, um, stuffed my Achilles on my left as well a couple of seasons ago. I don't know if it was torn, but there was something real bad with it. Man, bloody Achilles, hey. Gets yeah, it's it. always lower leg injuries. Yeah. Um, hey, a few years ago I was chatting to you and you had um, a pretty busy schedule because you were working, I think you had a job, two jobs, like you're working in Frio um, doing something and then I forget, but yeah. do you still do all that shit or have you have you toned it back and it's just mm-hmm. like Nah, um, it was like started 2020, I completely quit um, all like the other jobs and just that was when I was getting closer to the end of my degree as well. And um, uh, yeah, I got a new um, contract with Nike. So I was like, I should probably start like focusing just on running and putting everything into that. So, yeah. Uh, you're a lot. I've got a question about Gregson because uh, – you know, guys of my generation, you know, Gregson was the bomb. Uh, he still is the bomb as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. he, he just, um, you know, he's been around dropping bombs for that, for that long now. And you were lucky enough to come in at a time when he was still running, not at his best. I think it'd be, I don't think he'd be angry at me for saying that, but um, he wasn't far off. Like he was still running like yeah. good. Um, how good was it? Uh, you got Stu these days, I know, but... How good is it having Gregson back then to show you the ropes, um, to show you what it takes, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, um, I'd say Gregson was like one of the biggest influences in my career because when I came to MTC, I think it was my first camp with them was end of 2016. Um, He was still, he'd just come off the Rio Olympics. So he was in like probably prime of his career then, I'd say. Um, Yeah, he ran 331 when he was like 20 or whatever, but um, he was like consistently running fast now and competing well um, and competing for like the top positions in the world. So I'd say he was in his peak then, but um, yeah, he, yeah, he took me under his wing and taught me all the gym stuff I needed to know, taught me like kind of how to um, fill in the gaps, like what I was mentioning with all the other um, easy runs and the other one percenters. Um, Stewie kind of had Brett to help him because Stewie back then was more like 5k and I was 15. So um, yeah, Grego, Grego helped me. And I've also lived with Grego a lot. Like I used to live with him in Sandringham every, um, every Australian summer. 
and then go overseas and live with him and Jen over in Teddington as well. So he's um yeah, he's done a lot for me and I've um got a lot to thank him for. Yeah, um, quickly just the training. Everyone just wants to know about your bloody training, right? We question just because you yeah. brought it up before, your threshold work. Um that you that you do is that like a what are you doing at the moment? I know Gregson loves these half an hour thresholds. Are you is that about where you're at? And is it one you know is that yeah? Yeah, we always do like um t- like ten to twelve k worth of threshold. Um, I I don't think MTC does anything. Well, we are a little bit different in the like sense that we just do continuous running, but it's still just like basic threshold work. There's no real. Honestly, like, I wish I could tell you there was some sort of secret, but there's no secret with what yeah, we do. Yeah. It's, like, real boring stuff. The The biggest thing is we just do the same the same kind of work week in, week out, and um, it just accumulates into, like, good fitness. Um, some people wouldn't respond well to it. I don't reckon, like, I don't reckon Jai would probably um, respond well because he, he trains so differently to us. Um, but I think Ollie would probably be pretty similar to what we do over there so he might just spike up a lot more than us that's the only difference hey just getting back to uh the gregson question just quickly um how like um the lifestyle of gogo like is he you know i know you've you've met so many athletes over the years is, is he how good is his day-to-day one percenters um like does he sink a beer at night with dinner and all that sort of stuff like what did you take from him um you know with living with him what if you learn about all that stuff um, yeah, he was like, he was way, way more into the one percenters than like anyone I've ever met. He's like a, almost a bit of a head case with that stuff. Like he'll, um, he's got this thing on his phone where he's got like a hundred exercises. He calls it floor routine. Um, and he'll do like every night he'll just make sure he ticks off like 10 exercises. So he'll just randomly, he'll be in like his PJs or whatever and start doing some like calf raises or whatever and i can hear him upstairs um I, I got the middle room at nick's place in teddington and i can hear him and jen upstairs i can hear him start doing like calf raises and i can hear jen like doing whatever she's doing up there as well other exercises so um yes it, that's like one example but honestly he um he does like a, a beer after a race um and yeah he, he's just like a, a normal a normal guy but he's real pedantic about making sure he's, he can be the best athlete he can be. But so, yeah, all those one percenters, he'll tick it off. Yeah. Um, do you, on a, just a light note, do you ever have a beer on a weeknight at home with dinner or is it just strictly uh, to celebrate after a big race? Um, no, I'm not a big – I don't come from a big, like, alcohol drinking family. Um, so, yeah, I don't – there's no beer at our house. Um when I'm when I'm training heavy, I don't really drink that much. But when I'm in Europe, like after a race, um, it's like just polite and social. You go out, have a beer, and I'll I'll never turn down just like a beer here and there if I'm just socialising. But um, I'm just not really a big beer drinker. And is Stu? Um, I think I think the inter- people find this sort of stuff interesting. You know, just behind the scenes, is Stu as I'm not going to call Gregson OCD, but, you know, like is he, um, um, is Gregson, uh, is Stu as kind of particular and um, into the one percenters as Greg, as Grego sounds like he is? Um, nah, nah, Stu is pretty similar to me. Like we're 
pretty um pretty similar in that sense. Like Stewie same. Like I don't think he's a huge beer drinker. He'll just do it for like social occasions. Um, and he's he's pretty good with his gym. Just like me, like we will do two to three gym sessions a week. But we both don't like being in there that long. Whereas Grego will make sure he's in there for he'll tick off every single exercise, make sure it's all done. We might just do like what's what's required to get us like injury free um keep right. us injury free and yeah that kind of thing so um but stewie stewie's diet has improved a lot when i first met him we both like we both were young we had no idea about what we should be eating and shouldn't and we both kind of like bounced off each other and learned also learned from greg and jen and brett a little bit um just what what we should be eating so he's completely like cut chocolate out of his diet now um but he's, he'll still have lollies. He's just said he'll make the decision, lollies or chocolate, and he chose lollies. So it's like one of the um, things he's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was on a run the other day, um, catching up with someone, and they were saying that they were surprised how well you're running because you've been based in Perth. And I think there's like this, this, this like misconception maybe that you can't do well when you're living in Perth and blah, blah, blah. Like I think you kind of proved that's complete bullshit that, like, do you agree? Yeah, I think what's wrong with Perth is the the culture's wrong. Like, we've got um so many good, like, young, talented runners, but no one wants to work together. Um, so that's that's the main issue. When when you get a group like I have with some of the best guys in the state all working together, and they're all dedicated to like making themselves better, everyone's going to improve. We got really good running here. You got an abundance of grass fields. You got hills out in um, Helena Valley and out in the Perth Hills. So um, we got everything you need, but it's just, yeah, people don't want to work together or they may be a bit ignorant to what training is um, the best guys in Australia are doing. They're too stuck in their own ways. And why aren't they working together, do you think? Like, is it the fact that I know, I don't think you, do you charge for your coaching? No. No. That's what I thought. Like, um, is it because people are running businesses these days and they're, they're very territorial of their athletes because it's bringing in revenue and, and all that shit. Um, or is it because, I don't know, people just think they know better than everyone else. Like wh- why do you think people don't get together? Like what are you saying? It's yeah, probably um, that there's also a lot of like parent coaches in Perth um, and they don't want to let go of their kids, which I, I understand, but if you want what's best for your kids, you got to, push push them out the nest you know what i mean but um the other thing with perth is we got the highest population of millionaires um per capita actually not even per capita just the highest population of millionaires out of any other city in the world so look at the the upbringing of these kids coming up like they're they're wrapped in bubble wrap there's no one really faces hardship here so um they don't like being told what's what's wrong with them they only like being told what what they're good at so they don't like criticism um, and that's you can't be a good distance runner when you when you're racing like Kenyans who are fighting for like bloody like mud huts and shit. Like <laughs> that's just an exaggeration, but you know yeah, what I mean. Like, right? African, yeah. yeah, Africans are desperate. Um, yeah, you you can't you can't um, show any weakness in this sport. Rambo, personal question, but your upbringing and your life, you know, as a kid. What did something happen in your upbringing that instilled that sort of toughness, toughness and desperation that you need to be an elite runner, or were you just born that way? Um, I was born in South Africa, so um, I, 
everyone knows about the the stuff that went on there. But um, uh, we we might we immigrated to New Zealand, um, my family, and then we got citizenship there, and then moved to Perth. So, um, my parents always worked hard, and we always we were always fine with money. But um, you just you just gotta. I don't know when when you move around so much, you you got to be able to adapt to situations fast. And um, I was always always came from a working class family, but always like lived a good life. There was nothing there. I think I just came from a good upbringing where my parents weren't afraid to tell me if I um if I was doing something wrong or um they'd give me a slap on the ass if I was misbehaving kind of thing. But um yeah, I just see like kit a few things like teenagers nowadays are just some um, don't show the same respect that um that I, I would have back in back in the day I sound like such an old prick um yeah you know what I mean though um, yeah, yeah. I just think it's things like that that are holding um the distance runners back in Perth right now happy days mate Rambo, uh, love having you on Runners Tribe and um, you know, I think you've got another five weeks in Perth to get out to Helena and get to McGilvray and just, um, you know, punch up that fitness before you head off and good luck overseas this year, mate. It's a good year. I know that's, you know, the two championships, Wells and Coms, I mean, do you, it's, pretty, it's probably suits you well that they're close together, right? Yeah, I think so. It's um, it's pretty good and the season will go pretty quick with the championship in, in the middle now, so... Um, yeah, should be short and sweet. Awesome, man. Uh, okay, take care of yourself. Stay healthy, and we'll chat to you later yep. on. Cheers, Sam. Yep, thanks, Abes.